0: As someone who is so excited to garden this spring, Yet, really wants top quality soil. I'm really excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine, which is an esteemed brand renowned for its organic soil offerings. And if you're seeking to infuse your home environment with a nourishing essence that promotes flourishing plant life, you're going to want to listen to this because, with over 28 years of expertise, Coast of Maine has meticulously crafted soils sourced from oceanic waters and farms certified for organic organic cultivation. It's so nice to find such a sustainable,
1: I truly believe that at the core value of this, and at least at my core values, which I hope that resonates to everyone that's listening, love your neighbor as yourself. So, in these moments when you ask yourself, "What should I do to help push this cause forward?" you know I can understand that you're saying, "Well." I don't know what it's like to be black or anything like that. I don't know how to identify that. I don't know how to move forward on these topics, but I'll tell you this, the easiest way you can do this is say, what if that was my child? What if that was my father? What if, what if that was my peer? I would do anything that I could do in my own power to raise the awareness.
0: Now let the magic begin. Hello, hello and Jai Ma. Jai Ma, Yumi's. It's Raquel. I know, I know the world is so heavy, <laughs> so heavy right now. And this episode, of course, going to continue the conversation, this conversation that indeed needs to be had. However, this conversation does have a lot of light in it because today I bring you my friend Cash aka cash got wings you may be familiar with him perhaps from his own page or perhaps from seeing the very muscular dude that christina fully rock christina always posts as you know christina is one of my best friends and i have gotten to know cash a little bit over the years here and there just a couple of facetimes but this was our very first one-on-one full-on deep conversation And we dive into a variety of topics from his experience as a Black man in this country, his experience with racism, how we can continue to approach the BLM movement, and the manipulation that The Matrix has prevented our progression over the years, you know? (laughs) He also emphasizes being clear with our intention in approaching conversations about this and also we talk about other things too, such as his beautiful, beautiful relationship with Christina. I seriously could not picture her with anybody else. He's amazing for her. I tell him why. You'll hear why, but I just love them together and I can't emphasize that enough. And we also talk about being vegan, his experience as a vegan, and finding the vegan diet that works for you. Keep in mind, he's a high performance athlete, so his might be slightly different than the one that perhaps if you're a vegan the one that you prefer or if you're interested in starting a vegan diet he has a lot of great tips for you there but this entire conversation comes from a place of love and emphasizes that and love in thy neighbor and after the conversation i was like oh my gosh he's just you can feel he's just so full of light and so when you see him and christina together it just all makes sense that they are soul mates if not twin flames (laughs) they are on a similar frequency, no doubt. You know, that phrase is pretty diluted, right? People, especially in the spiritual community, throw love and light all over the place. And now it's almost mocked like, oh, this is so love and light. And I hear it mocked all the time, which I understand. I understand. You know, it can be a little cheesy. However, true love and light Not the fairy tale, but true, authentic, real love and light. You can feel that in the vibration as he articulates his experience and his observations because he wants us to perceive all of this as well from a place of love and light and you can actually feel that authentically because that's the type of energy he holds. And he is excited to also hear from you I know some people like to shy away and not to reach out because, you know, people assume that everybody gets bombarded, but we really don't, and we really love to hear from everybody, so of course, reach out to me, and also please reach out to Cash, and his Instagram is at Cash Got Wings, which of course is in the show notes. Also, what's in the show notes is today's sponsor, Skillshare. You'll hear more about Skillshare in the episode, but in some, Skillshare has tens of thousands of classes online for you to enhance or dip your toe into a brand new skill, a variety of skills. I mean, I'm talking starting your own business, writing your own book, beginning to draw illustrations. There's a variety of classes for you. Try out Skillshare two months for free when you go to skillshare.com forward slash your own magic. That's two months full free skillshare.com slash your own magic now i'm keeping this introduction short as this episode is long but it is worth it you'll be at the edge of your seat so with all of that being said i believe it is time to let the magic begin with cash got wings
1: You know, if it's coming from a place of love and sincere yeah. and genuine, like, I think it's good. Awesome. I mean, I know you and Christina are friends, and it's like our first time to really get to connect, which is so cool. Like, I know. It's like...
0: We've only had like a couple <laughs> FaceTimes that are very short.
1: Yeah, but in, in, in this right here is just me and you. So um, I know you're coming from a good place, so I don't want to limit anything. Now, it'd be different if it was someone who didn't know me and was just trying to get like some clickbait. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to limit this flow that we have, so I think I think we're good to go. Yeah,
0: I appreciate that. I'm so excited, and I'm so honored and happy to have you on and just have yeah, this one-on-one time with you, and yes, we'll flow, we'll flow. But first, <laughs> I'm going to start with the very first question that I ask a lot of guests is, what lights you up right now?
1: Uh, what lights me up right now is uh, you know, just the possibilities of what the day can bring. Uh, I always say like I'm a social butterfly mm-hmm. and the ha- having the opportunity to connect with individuals and hear their stories, hear how they've overcome things in their life, personal life, uh business life, um you know, seeing seeing their triumphs always lights me up. So I know like it's kind of challenging since we're in this like social distance era but at the same time, you see people celebrating their victories through social media. Um, and I truly believe that we have to acknowledge people when they're having their victory moment. So when it's our turn, those same people will acknowledge us. And it's just a good way of caring and showing love to each other.
0: That is such a good point. Because I noticed when it comes to what's going on in this current climate, all racists are, you know, speaking up for black lives,
1: Right.
0: focused on black lives matter. And I was one thought in my mind, I was like, well, some other races had been oppressed as well. However, I'm like, I love that they are acknowledging this is what we need to focus on one thing at a time, like focus solely on this and make a change because this is probably one of the greatest, this is the greatest oppressed oppress group. In society that I honestly didn't even fully acknowledge and it was completely, not completely ignorant to, but pretty naive when it came to that this is something that's still going on to this day. And so I'm so glad that like everybody, even even Amish people yeah. are coming out there. <laughs> and that's, that says a lot right there.
1: Yeah, for sure. I was uh, just talking with a lot of my peers and friends and my family members. Um, my mom and her sisters and you know when we as an african-american when i reflect on the civil rights movement you know that was just a movement within america and in this time frame right now the world came together and said this isn't right we want justice and um, that leads me to say that this moment ha- already has the potential and if not has already passed the potential of being bigger than the civil rights movement because it's <laughs> there's so many nationalities who are standing with the African-American community. And I just wanna say, I acknowledge you, I see you, I appreciate it, the love is real. Um, because if, if African-Americans could get the change that they wanted uh, by themselves, the change would have taken place already. Unfortunately, it hasn't. And that's why it's so beautiful to see everybody else like seeing what we, we've been addressing and ready to have that conversation. So I just want to acknowledge all those individuals. I think it's amazing, you know.
0: Oh, my chills are insane right now. They're like all. <laughs> it's over so real way. right it's now. It's so <laughs> real. Wild. By the way, right now yeah. I'm in a very dominant white culture. I I live in Utah. Well, I was grew up in Utah. It's 1.4 percent white here, mm-hmm. and. That's something that, you know, I was hoping after Katrina that would change, Yeah. probably because of a lot of stigmas that they do hold here. And I realized that I, too, have held different stereotypes and generalizations due to a society which I'm shifting. And that's a hard thing to admit, but it's just uh, the truth and it's horrible. And I'm so glad that people are finally saying, like, it's not enough to just be not racist because... It- I've always been like, okay, all people are equal, yada, yada. Like this is something I know plus my dad. He's been – my dad has been actively anti-racist since he was a child because when he also moved to Utah on the Mormon church, they had a sign that said, go home, Mm N-word. Since that time, this fire has been fueled within him, and he's been anti-racist. And I had always been like more passive in a way. I'm like, okay, I'm – spiritual yada yada but no now it's everybody who even was like peaceful quiet passive yeah. whatever we all have this fire that's lit within because we have this deep passion to express this needs to stop because we love we highly value yeah them and they're us
1: <laughs> yeah i just wanted to add on add on to that i think you brought up a great point you know from the point where your father was really vocalizing his beliefs about being uh, anti against racism You know, we have to look back and say, well, what type of climate was he in? What type of environments was he in? Because in those years, racism was more in your face. Like, we don't have to filter it. We don't have to make it seem like, oh, no, this this is okay. No, it was more brutal and hostile acts. Mm -hmm. And the expression of racism was more widely accepted. And now in our current climate, it's kind of like you have to manipulate it a little bit to make it more uh uh, like the taste of it it has to be more accepting and the ways they do that and and you hear african-americans say this like systematic oppression and racism and um i was sharing with some of my friends the structural racism of redlining which um not too many people are aware of but it was a way that Different cities in the states would create a a certain code, certain zip code that my, people of color, minorities would live within, and those communities wouldn't get the same funding or, or resources that other uh, areas would, and that would affect how much appreciation your house would have over time. And we all know that housing in real estate is a great way to build wealth for not only yourself but your family as well. So um, It runs deep. Um, You know, racism is still here, unfortunately. Not everybody is a racist. It's just the way that it's packaged is more accepting, where you don't even realize that's what it is in today's climate.
0: Yeah, 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 because of society's (laughs) messaging behind it. And even we can consciously and unconsciously pick up these different messages and then somehow we internalize it, even if we don't realize it. And it's so important for white people who have. Felt this messaging or experiences like I genuinely think it's really important to really bring awareness and be brutally honest with ourselves to see to really make a shift. So that way, all Black children, I want them to grow up and just walk without any sort of yeah. stigma out there.
1: Yeah, and um you know, I look at the role of media because media is what influences a lot of our ideals, perspectives, how we see the world. And um, so in a way, media has a great narrative and role in how stereotypes are created, perceived and believed. So when you look at, you know, historical films like Birth of a Nation and how they Mm -hmm. portray darker skin to be like rapists and vigilantes and criminals Well, quite naturally, if you watch that and you believe that film to have some accurate truths, subconsciously, you're already at a point of identifying darker skin with criminal activities and behavior. And so there's this subconsciousness in America that is still there. And like you said, if you take the time to just kind of like self-reflect and just understand that this is another human, this is another person who you know, in a lot of cases would fight for me and assist me. And um, whether, you know, I was being oppressed or if I was being uh, mistreated, you know, I think our communities, whether it's just a, a white community and a black community, I th- there's a lot of friendships within those communities and a lot of great Um, relationships where people would really fight for each other. It's just unfortunate that there is a good percentage of people who want to hold on to these previous beliefs of that, just because your skin's darker, you're inferior to my race things that go down that rabbit hole, you know?
0: Yeah. And again, I'm so glad that this is becoming vocalized again in our society because people might subconsciously, like we've been talking about, hold these beliefs and they might think, what's wrong with talking about white supremacy or what's Mm -hmm. wrong with talking about all lives matter at this time? But I'm not racist. And it's like, but what is that? You know? So I'm glad that all of this is getting vocalized because this is so, so important. The oppression for over 400 years, nearly 500 years. So deep-rooted, this has to shift. I'm curious about your personal experiences as well with prejudice or if you've internalized any racist messaging that society was portraying for the Black community. Yeah. And also being a Black man. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, my experience has been a lot of experiences in the african-american community
0: you say african-american community and i feel like linguistics is so important in this as well people say black or african-american and both are acceptable right
1: Yeah, it's totally acceptable. So if I say African-American community, yeah, yeah same thing as black. I, they just, uh, To me, they go hand in hand.
0: See, and um, it's so interesting because I've also read like, don't say African-American because there's Jamaican, yada, yada. And so I, I was like, okay, I guess I'll just say black. But then I hear other people say African-American. So I was just curious what your feelings are on that.
1: Yeah. So for everyone listening, just understand there's there's a lot of thin lines out there that people want to create and try <laughs> to make you walk down. Um, Just remember, when you're having these conversations with anyone, remind them that you're coming from a genuine place. You're coming from a place of how can I be on your team to help your message be amplified and get across to others where it resonates with them. So just let them know if I misspeak because my language or terms do not align with your values, don't be offended. Just educate me on what you believe is correct in this context. So for me personally, yeah. I understand this moment right here is uh, constructive and helpful and insightful. Yeah. So I'm not going to lose focus because, you know, I say African-American and you say black. Okay, now we just shift our whole energy on what's the right terminology.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, true. Like... Well, I want to make sure. Because it's been on, it's been in my mind and I'm like, No, it's oh. good. It's
1: so good.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. But now let's get back on track. And I'm really curious about your personal experience.
1: Yeah, so just just the black experience. I think that's a good way to label it. Um, you know, for those who don't know me, uh, I'm mm-hmm. about 6'2", about 200 pounds i uh, athletic build, so I'm not, I'm not a skinny guy. I mean, I got some muscles, you know. For me, uh, my experience is when I go outside, especially at nighttime, I have to be mindful of how am I dressing for the environment that I'm going to be in. Uh, if it's dark outside, I probably shouldn't wear all black. Uh, I probably shouldn't go take a jog at nighttime. And black's like one of my favorite colors. Like I just, I love black, it's sleek, it's clean. Like it just, that's just me, I like the color. But I also know I have to put aside my personal likings to ensure the safety of my life and the comfort of others. Because even though I may not think I'm a threat, someone's beliefs may see me as a threat because I'm in a mysterious outfit you know i'm wearing dark colors at night Um, and i've literally had people stop me at night because there was like some robbery in my neighborhood and a a truck stops me while i'm just doing like a mile two mile jog and he's like hey man what are you doing and it's like neighborhood police type stuff he's like uh hey man what are you doing i'm like i'm just going on a on a run he's like well just so you know like uh you should probably head back home there's people out here here robbing out here and stuff like that and I understand he may have been coming from a good place but also at the same time I could have possibly been a suspect in his mind because I'm running right. like he doesn't know what I'm running from or running to so he he doesn't know if I'm associated with these people or not it's just wrong place wrong time and it's like this is how these stories yeah. come up where it's like well he said she said and I'm thankful that it didn't lead to anything more than that. But, um, you know, there's other stories where I've been coming home from school, just walking in my neighborhood and police want to ask me, what am I doing? And I'm just like, I'm just walking to my house. And this is about 10 years ago. Me and my friend were coming home from basketball practice. And uh, this is something that stems from if you look at the origins of like the police, the foundings of. Uh, policing, uh, it started with slave patrols. And the slave patrols were to make sure that any free slaves would get sent back to their plantation. So as as the uh, slaves became freed, and they had to follow certain laws, which were under like the Jim Crow laws and stuff like that, if they broke those laws, you needed someone to enforce them. So the slave patrol transferred into the policing. So Policing at the root uh, has a eye on people of color, just because that's part of the origin. So when we look at police reform, I think that's a great opportunity just to, to teach people not to see color. Uh, don't judge or don't have probable cause because of color. Um, a lot of African-Americans say, I've, I've experienced driving while black, basically saying, when a cop car gets behind me, let me make sure that I'm doing everything right. My hands are at 10 and two, and I'm not doing any fast movement. So I'm not looking for things in the car. You know, it's, I mean, there's there's even stories where officers will say, uh, I pulled you over because the light above your license plate is out. Just to get you to pull over to see what else is going on in the car. And, you know, there's a lot more scenarios and stories, but I think that paints a general picture of the things that you have to take in consideration. And that's just in my personal experience. You know, there's situations in the workforce as well that goes on, too. So it it, it runs pretty deep, you know.
0: Yeah, Yeah. And I even had two cops behind me on my way here to my parents' house to talk to you, and they had their red lights on. But me, I knew that they weren't pulling me over. I just went to the side. I was like, okay, I'll let them go, do whatever they got to do. And I would probably, if I were Black, be freaking out right now because of the history. I'm so privileged, you know, yeah. to not have to have that worry. The fact that they'll find some sort of excuse to pull over and see if I do get pulled over, I've been pulled over many times. I'm like, oh, this sucks. I'm going to have a fine and have to pay all this money. That's my only worry. Yeah. Yeah. My worry is not my
1: life. For sure. Yep. I've had uh, my cousin Sarah. She's, um, shout out to my cousin Sarah. She's Hispanic. Shout out Sarah. Shout out Sarah. She's Hispanic. She's She's on the Hispanic side of my family. And Mm -hmm. she told me, like, when all this stuff happened, and she called me and she was crying. And she was like, you know, I've literally had the realization of how fortunate I am just because of like my complexion because she's been pulled over plenty of times she says she's cursed at cops she's been disrespectful and all kinds of stuff and she said even in all those moments I never worried about my life and then she just had to put it in context of what black African Americans go through Um, and she just I think I think a lot of emotions was coming up for her uh, maybe like guilt or you know, anything that can kind of fall under that because not in one, in any of those moments did she ever have to worry about, am I putting my life at risk because I'm trying to resist getting a ticket? And uh, she just had that realization. And, uh, you know, I think more people need to kind of have a moment of contrast between what would happen if this was the situation and we put Someone of a lighter complexion and someone in a darker complexion. Is it possible? Can we get the same results or will we have two different outcomes? Mm. You know?
0: Oh, yeah. And I think that also um, matters where you are as well. I wonder, uh, you know, you're in Houston. And Mm -hmm. that's actually another place where my dad witnessed, my white father witnessed a lot of racism because he lived there for a while. And back in like I think the '60s or something or '70s, I don't know. And yeah. I'm sure it's evolved a lot today. But there's probably a lot of subtle racism that you experience too, even though it's a. Do you know the percentage the population of Black people in Houston? Uh,
1: I don't know the percentage, uh, but Houston is about we're we're pushing like five to six million people in this city Wow, um, it's pretty it's pretty big out here that's so. bigger
0: than my state <laughs> I'm serious I think Utah has like two and a half million or something
1: yeah what? It's, it's, yeah it's crazy wow. it's huge but yeah there's um even in Houston there's some subtle racism I I tell my friends sometimes I'm like guys I know you want to go out and celebrate your birthday or whatever but there's a specific street in Houston I won't I'm not going to say the street name. I'm not trying to out anybody. But I'm like, guys, you know, historically, you have to be in your Sunday's best dress to get in this place, Mm -hmm. while other nationalities can be in cargo shorts and uh, flip flops. And in their dress code, it Mm -hmm. will say no shorts or sandals. (laughs) And, you know, there's just like, just these little subtle things. So I always try to educate and tell my friends, like, look you're going to spend your money, spend your money where somebody actually wants you to be there. Don't yeah. force someone to accept your money. Um, so to just clarify that, not all of Houston has this type of racism. There's just one specific street that I know for a fact, because I've experienced it myself. And it's, mm. it's up and down that street. It's just like, you know, that's probably not the best place for us to be, for African-Americans to just socialize or try to force social interactions.
0: Oh, my God. Something that just came to mind as you were saying this, and you didn't want to share the name because in my mind, I was like, well, let's out them. You know, we got to bring awareness to the street. But then I'm like, wait, I know Cash and Cash's Heart. You always come from a place of love and peace. Like you are not for the looting and rioting. You are you want everything to be just like love and peace. That's your deepest messaging. For
1: sure, because I see it as what we really need is laws in place to protect the lives of African-Americans to equip African-Americans with the economic resources and having the uh, the opportunities to have access to those resources. And to me, I always feel like that's where the change starts because when people see your community as a community that has buying power, uh, that community gets respected as in, I need to see what can I offer them because this may be someone on my buyer's list. Uh, so when you look at that, you look at it like from commercial real estate, you look at it from, uh, maybe even churches, maybe even schools, uh, money has a huge factor into a lot of these social injustices. So, you know, to me, sure. I know I, there's a lot of pain and a lot of, uh, ideas of retaliation to attack these people. But attacking to me and my personal belief does not level the playing ground. To me, it's laws. There's uh, economic structure that actually gets us caught up to actually have a Uh, to have a place in this race.
0: Yes, I I was listening to um, Ingram X. Kendi, I believe is his name. I hope I did not butcher that, but he talks a lot about anti-racism and he really focuses a lot on also amending amendments and laws that do specify equality with people of color because if we don't have that, we innately, just because of based on history, turn to white people, white supremacy in some way because It doesn't have that in there. And people will argue, like, well, if we put focus on that, then that's just focus on inequality, yada, yada. But it's like, no, we actually have to highlight this because of people's mindsets of inequality. And so they might vote in the white person or something, you know?
1: Totally. Totally.
0: And that just continues the inequality in this world, subconsciously and unconsciously. Yeah. There's so many laws that need to be amended and put in place, I realize.
1: Yep. And just to add to that, um, you know, once as a whole collective we can acknowledge that there have been laws put in place to keep certain groups and nationalities um african americans uh in place to limit the progress Mm -hmm. until we can all agree upon that you know that's when we'll actually see change when we can all agree upon that there there's an analogy uh that is talks about you know the um uh, the experience of maybe let's say uh, let's say white america since this is the climate white america and black america and some people will say like well i'm white and i've had a hardship mm-hmm. in my life as well and from the black person's perspective we're saying we're not dismissing <laughs> your hardship we understand that you've had to fight and work for things in your own personal life because it's a numbers game there's competition for whatever job opportunity what career path you want You have to fight for that. All that Black America is saying is that if we use this analogy here, if uh, you have two fish in the water, in the river, and one fish is swimming with the current, that means you're flowing with the system that is going to assist you in getting to your point much faster because there's no resistance. You just have to keep swimming. But for someone who's African-American, their system for them, they, they're swimming upstream. Mm-hmm. So not only do they have to keep swimming, they have to fight against the current that isn't favoring them. And I think that's the best analogy to understand what oppression is. You have beneficiaries of a system that just helps you move along, whether you're even putting in any effort. And then you have another group of people who have to have the endurance to stay afloat and keep moving forward against something that's creating resistance against them.
0: Whoa, that analogy right there. That's it. That hits home. That explains it all. Makes a world of sense. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, it's,
1: it hits. It just hits hard. It's so good. I mean, and for everyone listening, I'm not here to put anyone down. I want to see everybody shine uh, because I believe that you love others as you love yourself and i'm firm a firm believer of the energy that i'm putting out and investing in you it'll come back to me and uh, i really believe that's why uh you know i'm in the position of where i where i am in life and it hasn't been easy but somehow i keep i keep making progress and i'm so proud of that and um, mm-hmm. i still have, i still have hope in the world i still have hope that we can all coexist <laughs> Your so. complete
0: essence is like that of love and light, what the spiritual community would like say. But seriously, you really do, just without even having to say that, you exude that.
1: Thank you.
0: I mean, like, look at your smile.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's
0: like beamy, beams all the time.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. That means a lot. Uh, now my next few Instagram posts, I gotta make sure I'm putting a smile out there.
0: You do. And it's a contagious smile. I get it. Yeah. You and Christina together are just like two beams. I, <laughs> ugh, I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mean um speaking of Christina, yeah, Christina, I guess I can kind of talk about this too. Uh, for those who don't know, if you've, Follow Fully Raw Christina on Instagram, and you've seen someone on there who's been in all of her pictures, African American. That would happen to be me, Cash. <laughs> uh, my Instagram account's Cash Got Wings. I
0: love that Instagram name. I <laughs>
1: appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, me and Christina.
0: It's the emoji. Yeah, it's the
1: little emoji. I- <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> So yeah, Christina and I, we have just been doing our best to raise awareness, not only within this Black Lives Matter movement, but just for you know health, nutrition, exercise, um, self-reflection. Uh, a lot of our mission statements and core values just happens to fall right into this moment of injustice that we want to spread light upon. So it just kind of plays hand in hand. Uh, Just doing the right thing.
0: Uh, Can I just highlight and honor how much of a rarity you are too? And I'm so happy that you're the man that's in Christina's life because she's been through a lot. Way more than people, way more than people know. Because, of course, she yeah. keeps a lot of stuff that happens personal. And she'll, sure. obviously, she vents to you about everything and vents to me about some things. And, to, like, it's a lot that she has had. And so she's so strong. She's been through so many highs and lows. Yet look at how positive she is and how much love she still continues to spread and share. Yeah. And you really have helped that as well because of the human you are. You remind her of all of, you know, you you do. You're so good at keeping her grounded. Yes. And also yeah. So you're so you're so you are you're like her grounding force and then also you are so respectful for her and a lot of different choices and then also just loving and patient obviously and so you're truly I'm like I cannot picture you with any other man you are amazing for her and I'm so happy that you two have been together all this time
1: I know yeah it's <laughs> man the journey of Christina and I so before I even get into that, thank you for acknowledging that. And um, I think in a lot of relationships, I'm not saying we have a perfect relationship, um, but I'm saying the factor of patience and being the grounding point for someone just builds chemistry uh, in such an invaluable way uh, because we all need someone to lean on at some point in time. World is heavy. Life is heavy. and for those who are in, for those, for that person that you're in a relationship with, maybe they're carrying more of a burden that they can handle and they just need someone to hear them out and provide guidance for them. So if you're that person who is the voice of reason, like you champion that and keep giving them hope and, and, uh, keep and keep showing them who they are because the feedback is so important because we only get to live life in the first person perspective. Uh, Our peers get to see us in third person. So that feedback reassures us of our actions, um, our noble deeds. And it's Mm so important that we hear that communication of how our peers see us. And that's one thing that I try to do for Christina, because she's definitely experienced a lot of, Uh, trials and tribulations and sometimes we don't know who to go to so if you have someone in your life uh, that can be that for you or if you're that person for someone else you just keep championing that because it is definitely an essential trait in any relationship
0: Mm, absolutely you're so you both are so blessed to have each other like I'm so glad I know God gave put you in each other's lives for a variety of reasons. And so yeah, <laughs> yeah. witnessing this relationship flourish is amazing. And you guys will see them doing more stuff together. We won't talk about that now, but there are going to be some cool things.
1: <laughs> yes. Stay tuned. Definitely. Yeah, Stay tuned.
0: Just want to <laughs> tease them a little bit, a little foreshadow.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yomi, short interruption, just to share the magic of our sponsor, Skillshare which happens to be an online learning community that is offering you two months for free of their premium membership when you go to skillshare.com forward slash your own magic. And why not, especially right now, while we are all inside, this is the time to explore new skills and deepen existing passions, getting lost in the creativity of whatever our soul is guiding us to and trying out many different classes from Skillshare. You can stay inspired and express yourself and even connect with a community of other creatives and like-minded beings on Skillshare, which is phenomenal. There are those that are interested in writing, writing poetry, writing scripts, digital illustration, painting, and there's many different classes on those kind of arts i know a lot of people a lot of yomis, have been taking skillshare to learn more about photography especially as more people are creating their own platforms where skillshare also has classes on helping out with that like podcasts and youtube yada yada so it doesn't hurt it's two months of premium membership For free, join Skillshare by going to Skillshare.com forward slash your own magic. Yep, free, that's Skillshare.com forward slash your own magic. And now, on with the show. something that came to mind earlier when we were talking about Texas that I just really wanted to talk about because it's prevalent right now with everything going on of mm-hmm. course okay there's gonna be two strings here so the first string the message ha- messaging has evolved so much but we still of course are so focused on shifting police brutality and the laws and you know that's just one huge thing right right but something else that just recently has been a huge message is about the Confederate flag now the first time I saw it was when I was in Texas, last year in march at a retreat i saw a confederate flag it was outside of dallas i mm-hmm. got triggered i w- i was sickened i was offended to see it because we i've never seen one in utah surprisingly but yeah. Oh, you know what, duh, because that's a southern flag. Mm-hmm. That's why I haven't seen it here. Yeah. But it also has such a deep history. And NASCAR recently, like NASCAR of all companies, it's recently huge. banned that flag. Yeah. That is huge, and I'm so happy. And I understand that there are some people in the south that they might uh, hang that flag and they don't really see it as racist or whatever but to me that was my only thought i was like oh my gosh is that a kkk member right but yeah what are your thoughts on this well this happening and unfolding
1: yeah so i'll say this you know the civil war was the free states versus the slave states um that's where you get the union versus the confederate confederacy um the union prevailed which means the confederacy lost. And, um, you know, it's just kind of crazy to think, you know, that these, the the flag has a uh, relevancy to that time in history with the Civil War. The fight over the Civil War was they don't, they did not want to give up their free, their slaves, not free slaves. They didn't want to give up their slaves that they owned because number one, slavery was a... Easy way into labor ex- exploiting, um, labor exploitation, um, <clears throat> which means if I don't have to pay my employees or my laborers or my slaves, that money that I did not pay goes back into profit. Also, uh, slaves were labeled as property for tax purposes. So when you have property, um, you can you can when you file your taxes there's a way to receive deductions or um uh, uh it's a way to navigate the tax system that benefits you and a lot of people in real estate do that today uh when you look at appreciation and depreciation and stuff like that so there's a lot of ec- economic structure that these states wanted to hold on to their slaves because uh picking cotton and sugar cane and whatever else they were doing, that's not easy labor to to do. So that's one of the primary reasons why the Civil War took place. So when that took, when that war took place, they're literally fighting to keep African Americans in bondage. And so to me, that flag, I know people say it represents their history. Well, okay. (laughs) It's almost like you're acknowledging that you're a support of racist ideals and beliefs because the most pinnacle point in that flag's history was when you took a loss to the union. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh. <laughs> so I'm just like, why would you even vocalize this? Yeah. You know what it stems from. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't say that I get triggered by this the flag and hear me out on this because, just my experience being black in America, I haven't felt what my ancestors have felt, but I, I share this with my friend. Um, I said, you know, people, people can say you act just like your mom or your dad without you even knowing them, seeing them, but their peers who have seen them can say you act just like your mom and your dad." And I preference that to say, uh, there's something in our DNA that passes down behavioral behavior that passes down trauma it passes down just the brutality you know there's a lot of pain that's been passed down through just my biological makeup and it's not that like I said I'm not triggered it's almost like I've become numb to it because for 30 years of my existence nobody was ready to have the conversation of what racism is And I've experienced racism in middle school. I've experienced it when I worked in Bider, Texas. Um, I've experienced it in a lot of places, but I had to, and most, a lot of African-Americans have had to do this. We silenced our own pains, pain points for the comfort of others because no one was ready to have that conversation. And that's why in this moment right here, just to be able to express everything that I've gone through, and a lot of stories that are very similar to mine that other African-Americans have experienced. This is like a moment of relief. You know, when you have like all this suppression built up, thankfully, I'm not someone who lets it just get so heavy to where I have to attack someone, but I can just talk it out and get it all off my chest. And that's probably why I'm so long-winded.
0: <laughs> I didn't even realize you're just yeah,
1: I just. <laughs> But yeah, I you know like I said, it's not that I'm triggered. It's almost like I'm I've become numb to it, and but now this moment is so relieving because now it's like I can take the pressure off and just let everything just flow in a way that's acceptable and easy to hear. To, to actually get this ball moving that we can actually make some real change out
0: It here. must be, I was thinking about that. It must be such a relief because for a while, people were probably just not really listening because they didn't think it was an issue. I'm not going to lie. I genuinely, I'm ashamed of myself for admitting. I know that people don't like to hear expressions of guilt because I mean, that puts the, myself in the position of the victim, which it's not the case at all. But I didn't think it was that big of a deal. It's like, there's, you know, we're just going to naturally change people's mindset as we evolve, yada, yada. As we, you know, our consciousness expands, it will just naturally happen. But I'm like, wait, that's not fair for people that are experiencing it right now. And so the more people that are speaking up and saying something that they are not going to stand for it any longer, that is such a key. Notice how loud other communities are expressing this for their love, for the black community to finally lift this off your shoulders.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'll say this with the, uh, so I I don't believe you're trying to make yourself a victim and anyone else Mm -hmm. who's in this situation. Um, I, I know it, the context to that really matters because you can't just brush everyone with a broad stroke. Um, but me knowing you, I know you're not trying to play the victim role. And there's other people who's in your same shoes that are just really in shock by, like, how can we still be here in this situation? Mm -hmm. And I'll explain it like this. The narratives, the media, the history books have all been manipulated to say we have progressed. I mean, you can look at American history. They'll say January 1st, 1863. Abraham Lincoln passed the Emancipation Proclamation, slaves are free, Yeah. yada, yada, yada. We're all happy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. We skipped like 10 chapters.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: Not everybody was just happy. Uh, a lot of slave owners aren't happy about that. And that might be one of the reasons why Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, because you're affecting people's bottom line. You're trying to free slaves and that's making me money. Yeah, you know? oh,
0: absolutely, so absolutely.
1: You, so, you know, I would, I would preference this. You know, there's a phrase that I believe, if you knew better, you would do better. And unfortunately, this situation has manipulated the mindset, the eyes, um, the way we perceive things. It has manipulated us and a lot of white Americans to make them believe that we have actually had progress. So when an African-American says we haven't had progress, you know, for someone in the white community, can say, well, what do you mean? Don't you see we have this, 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 yes. and this? And it's like, no, you're seeing it from their perspective. Come get in my shoes and see it from my perspective. So, you know, I don't want people to feel like that they're ignorant. You know, it's not, it's not that you refuse not to know. It's that you've been manipulated in believing something that wasn't true. So I just want to put that out there just to save space for people to not like take on this huge emotion of guilt. You know, I understand a lot of white Americans, their ancestors have been a part of this problem. And you may be a beneficiary of the problem. It's just our generation is the the conversation at the table is race. Um So it's like, now we have to be adults here and see each other, see where we're coming from to move past these, uh, move, move past this. This is something we just seem to not be able to get past, unfortunately. Um, but this is the topic at the time. This is the topic at the table. Um, you know, it's not you specifically, it's just here we are for the mistakes of our past and this is something we have to address. I, um, Sorry for being long-winded. I, I told my friend,
0: do not apologize. Everyone is first of all, it's a podcast. You're allowed to be. This is a long conversation. It's just but yes, so your good. It's I, so good. I love this. I'm at the edge of my seat.
1: I told my friend. I said, what America needs to realize is that there was three people, three groups of people that started in the beginning. There was your Native Americans, um, your Europeans, and your Africans. And I said, mm-hmm. one person was already here two people moved in together and one per- one group of people chose didn't get a choice in moving and i said so we all we were basically moving buddies you know europeans and african americans we were Euro- uh, moving buddies yeah but what we failed to realize is that when was it okay to make this about skin tone like you're inferior because you know, if you're, if I'm quali- qualified enough to come work the land, you shouldn't, you shouldn't view me as uh, less than or like I'm an animal or like I'm a prop, piece of property. Um, and so, to me, I really believe that until America does right by not only African Americans but Native Americans, mm-hmm. you know, there's,
0: oh my God, there's
1: a lot of work that has to take place here.
0: Ooh, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's so true. Also, I was shookest when I heard the actual history that is quite different than what I learned in history books. In my history class, I was told it was Europeans came here. Yes, we were taught what happened with Native Americans, but of course it was a little more PG, right? Because we were kids. Right. But they didn't ever share that we moved here with African Americans were here too. Right, yep. and so what I learned was why people moved here, and then we realized we needed all this other work done. So we went to Africa, grabbed a lot of people, put them on a boat, and then brought them here ourselves for that purpose. And I was like, "Well, oh, that's messed up." <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? If we moved here together, it's like, how did white people just decide that they're going to take over because of their skin tone?
1: Well, that's a I can answer that question. It, it dives in pretty deep. Um, I can try to give like a quick response uh to that and what you have to look at that in africa so i i want to say this slavery didn't start with white america um Mm -hmm. there's been different generations of slavery now unfortunately the slavery that white america put into place has had the longest impact so that makes you ask the question well why did it have the longest impact so if you look at the origins of it when the Uh, on the shores of Africa there's two situations you had the European people who were literally kidnapping African Americans and taking them to America and then you had uh, the Europeans who would exchange uh, weapons like they would exchange guns with the kingdoms in Africa so the kingdoms could empower their uh, their monarchy And the slaves that they had, it wasn't about color. It was just this person owes me labor or this person has done a criminal activity. And that's why they're in debt to me until they pay off that debt. That's when they'll be free. But when it moves to America, a lot of the Christian values, when you look at the Christian values that European were already accepting of, they had to figure out if we're preaching Christian values and these people here catch on to that. How can we keep them as slaves and still keep our Christian values? And at that moment, that's when it became about skin color. Mm -hmm. Because anyone who's a religious person, like I'm a Christian, Mm -hmm. we all know that God doesn't choose one nationality over the other. Mm -hmm. And if you look at, you know, the origins of Jesus, he may not be as black as me, but we know he's from a climate that produces people of color. So, That right there, you know, that kind of gives you an insight of how this thing became about color because they had to separate the freedoms that Christianity provided, but had to keep a group of people in a position that they felt less than. That's why they say, you're three-fifths of a human. This doesn't apply to you. So it's just a huge rabbit hole.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. And also, when I did start waking up to certain things with historical context, I recognized how much... In our history books, we learned that wasn't necessarily right on point. That definitely placed a rose color lens over a lot that happened. And so, yeah, thank you. Oh, gosh. That was so good for so many people to know. As you know, again, I'm from Utah, and it's a predominantly Mormon state as well. And my dad, he remembers the time. Man, I really don't want to butcher anything, so I'm not going to say dates whatsoever. But what I do know is that they were about to be evicted as a church, the Mormon church, because they wouldn't allow colored people in at the time, right after Martin Luther King, so late sixties. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, so the president came uh, to the people of the church and he was like, I had a vision that we're all equal and we got to let our black brothers and sisters in and yada, yada. I thought that was so interesting that that happened. And it's only been such a short time, but The evolution of that church, I just wanna acknowledge, like they've really, yeah, started to evolve more, which is great. And I love that it just shows even people that were so deeply in it sixty years ago, very short time ago, you know, now how fast like people start to evolve, which is great, but it's still in there and it's still in their system and it's still in their minds and it's still in their culture. So yeah, yeah, I'm glad that this movement is happening to shift that. And you were talking about ancestral like in your blood that you probably still feel this because your ancestors had experienced this and that's one thing I think it's so important for people of color but also white people that perhaps their ancestors were slave owners and so in our blood we need to you know do things to shift this and there's some sort of grounding techniques but also just inner work that we can do in order to really really make a difference within our vessels so we don't pass it on to our children
1: for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And of course it's great. We're doing macro things. We're donating, we're peaceful protesting. We're signing the petitions. We're making a difference in our system, hopefully, which I believe we are, but it's so important to do the inner work. Do you have any guidance on how we can start going about this?
1: Well, I think the biggest disconnect that America still has within, uh, Some communities, because there's still this divide of racism, is that we need to start inviting people to events, uh, communities, um, uh, activities that we're not used to seeing those people in. For example, I do yoga. And at the studio that I go to, occasionally, maybe on every uh, blue moon, there's another person of color like specifically african-american and if we don't we we have to start diversifying these environments because i've met so many different people business owners doctors real estate agents just through yoga who are of other nationalities um white italian uh jewish whatever the case may be they actually got a chance to know an african-american Man, mm-hmm. so when they see the news says something on like this person was caught up in this situation and lost his life, and he was a black man, I hope that in those moments they say, "Well, I actually know a black man. I don't. I, I don't have to know what the news says. Mm-hmm. I know a black man, and this is how he treats me." So I know not all black men are like this, mm-hmm. but for for the world to actually get to that point, we have to have an open invitation. Basically, meaning having a warm welcome to say, you know, hey, I wanted to extend this invitation for you to come to my gym. Let's do some CrossFit. Let's do some yoga. Let's, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, you take your ideals or your activities and invite someone who doesn't look like you to go ahead and start making these relationships happen because that's where the unification starts where we get to know each other and we can say, you know what? I see you as a person. I see your pain points. I'm here for you. Whatever you need, I would like to help you move through it. I think that's where it starts.
0: Yes. I love that. And I know the mind might say at first, like, well, if I ask that, then it's kind of like, I'm, you know, not treating them like I would if this wasn't happening. And so they would probably just avoid that. Right. Because they don't want to seem like they are, trying too hard or whatever, right? That's one reason why some people take a step back because they just also, even though they deeply care, they feel like they don't want to seem like they're trying too hard, but that's clearly not the case. Also, with that in mind, I saw a TikTok. It was so funny. This black guy was in his car, and he was like, man, what did he say? He just said basically he feels like he's been treated like a celebrity lately, and he loves it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I wonder if Cash has been experiencing the same thing.
1: You know, honestly, I... Well, yeah, a a little bit. Um, I don't mind it. I just tell people that I'll know if it's genuine by your consistency over time. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, the African-American community isn't asking for like some pandering moment, some pandering acts where it's like, oh, you did this today and then you do it tomorrow. But a week from now, you do nothing.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know, that's why I'm suggesting that in these relationships that we need to start cultivating and holding on to, because this is the, this is part of the foundation of making America better than it has ever been. It starts with unifying, um, this brokenness between white America and black America. It starts with just, um, having that open conversation. And like you said, somebody may feel, a uh, Like a white American may feel like, you know, I'm only doing this because George Floyd has passed away. But I'm gonna tell you this you can approach a black person and say, listen, I wanna come from a place of love, and I would like to build new relationships with people that I may not have done so in the past. And I hope this leads into something that's long lasting. Be clear with your intentions, set the expectation, because without either two, It can be misconstrued as an effort just to save face, just to make it look like you're a person of noble deeds. But set your intentions and expectations that I don't want this just to be a one time thing. I want this to be something where I can check in on you. You can check in on me because that's where the true repairing starts, because, you know, when you can identify with my pain points, you'll speak on my behalf and articulate in a way that isn't that is highly effective
0: oh my gosh chills again that's so that's so powerful and I understand a lot of people I mean like myself I started to dive deeper into anti-racism uh, over the course of the past few weeks since George Floyd right and the deeper I got the more I realized I had to unlearn and that kind of gave me a sense of overwhelmment and paralysis where it's like, okay, I need to listen a lot before I just start posting and resharing. Like I want everything to be so deeply authentic. And so I understand some people might be listening a lot at this time, but it's important that even after this, when the media starts to focus on other things, we continue. Maybe it won't be on a daily basis because of course it's organic, but we can't let this message die. Like I'm going to make it, I'm making it a point to make sure to like bring it up, you know, here and there, or even after the media stops talking about it and it stops being so heavily talked about on social media, which I hope this messaging doesn't die because how else are we going to shift it? So we can't let this message fade. And that's why we have to continue yeah. talking about it.
1: Yep, totally. And, you know, to add to that, you know, I, I truly believe the at the core value of this, and at least at my core values, which I hope that resonates to everyone that's listening, Love your neighbor as yourself. So in these moments, when you ask yourself, what should I do to help push this cause forward? You know, I can understand that you're saying, well, I don't know what it's like to be black or anything like that. I don't know how to identify that. I don't know how to move forward on these topics. But I'll tell you this, the easiest way you can do this is say, what if that was my child? What if that was my father? What if What if that was my peer? I would do anything that I could do in my own power to raise the awareness, to make change happen, to make the necessary steps to find justice. So that is the simplest way to figure out what to do. It's not about asking someone else, how do I move forward through this? If you can't relate to it, remove that person and say, let me put my own family member in that situation how would i react then okay let me keep that same reaction put the original person back in the in that scenario and follow through on those actions that's really at the core value at the basics the the basic fundamental of unifying coming together and fighting for each other because we're all human and i know in our generation Raquel i'm pretty sure you've had the opportunity to have great experiences with african americans i've had some great experience with white americans and they check on me and its its they were checking on me before george floyd passed so i know there's some great white americans out there like let me make that clear but to just really simplify things just put your own family member in that situation and say what i would do for them is what i need to do for in this example my neighbor because I use the term neighbor to bring it back to the point of love your neighbor as you love yourself.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. Again, I'm going to say this word for the umpteenth time, but chills because that's what my grandma's philosophy was. And I'll say this super briefly because I think I talked about it in last episode or something because I want to share with you, my grandma, she lived in Atlanta and there they were heavily racist. And then she moved to Houston and then Utah, whatever. But When my dad was a child, he just remembers, you know, black people were segregated to the back of the bus, white people sat at the front, right? Mm -hmm. And so she's white, but she would, to make a stance to try to shift the movement, because she was actively anti-racist as well, sit in the back of the bus with them. She would get, I mean, people did not like her for that. The bus would sometimes not move for the longest time, but she was just really trying to make a statement. Or I don't know if you know this, but right after the Martin Luther King thing, you know, laws were starting to be changed. They would throw, uh, let's say a black person got hurt. And you know, right? White people were driving the ambulance while uh, paramedics were also racist. So mm-hmm. uh, this gets me like worked up because I just can't believe this would happen. But um, I didn't share this story. But there was a. This is just one of the examples. One that really got me was this black man. He was his arm was run over by a roller coaster. Mrs. Mm-hmm. Army's bleeding and. Uh, she, you know, called the ambulance to come and then she just made sure to, she couldn't get in the ambulance, but she just made sure to follow them. And then she made a point that she was going to be behind the ambulance because she knew that there was a great likelihood they would just throw him out and let him die. Wow. And so, and so she just like, she was super active with that. And before, right before George Floyd, I kept feeling her and I've never really felt her presence before. I kept feeling her and she kept coming to mind. I was on, I bought Ancestry.com to learn about her. Like I was just, I don't know, It was fascinating. And then the George Floyd thing happened and I was like, whoa. And I felt this huge overwhelming thing. Like, look, this is something we still got to do. Yeah. You know, it was a, as if she was like coming to me to, yeah. Because she's just such a big, was so big with that. And yeah. So <sighs> loving the neighbor, that was her biggest thing. And so like, what would you do for your neighbor? And what would you do for your family? Yep that i'm glad that we don't have to do that to that extent today but at the same time we'll actually kind of do there is if it wasn't in the middle of the day and people weren't filming it you know yeah george floyd still would have died but nobody would have known and this has just been happening for so long and
1: like i said today's racism isn't about violence that's the tricky thing
0: no see yeah it is violence but then there's also but more so not so much
1: yeah, and that's that's the tricky thing is like we react because we see bloodshed or we see life being taken from from someone. Yeah. Um but you know, there's we like we addressed earlier, there's things that's just kinda in front of us, but we're oblivious to it because it's not affecting us directly. Yeah. So there's that type of racism. Uh. So I you know, I wanna say this. I think your grandmother's like your grandmother and your you say your grandmother and your dad yeah. They there are stories. I mean, we need to hear more stories like that, too, just to show like, hey, there was uh, there was white Americans in the 50s and 60s that wasn't with the cause. Like they believed that we all should be treated equal. And, you know, that needs to be acknowledged as well to show that even in some of our ugliest times, there was still hope because there was other nationalities who were risking their lives and getting rejected by their peers. Because they believed in human rights of others who weren't receiving those rights. So uh, I think you just shared two wonderful, amazing stories, definitely.
0: Oh my gosh, I wanna cry. <laughs> um... <laughs> it's
1: so good, so good right now. <laughs>
0: All this is gold. And I also want to, I don't know if you still have some time because I want to talk about some of the other messaging that you, aside from everything going on, do you mind shifting to that or do you have any other messages you want to share? with this, cause this uh, is
1: obviously let's let's just keep pushing for it whatever you bring up I'll uh definitely don't mind talking I don't have any time constraints uh <laughs> made myself available for you today so
0: uh, Cash, you're amazing <laughs> yeah well I mean you're deeply passionate about a lot of things that a lot of the, the listeners are passionate about too like healthy food vegan food and yep. fitness and yeah, and I know that you've had quite the journey figuring all that out and navigating. And so do you have any advice for someone that's starting on that journey and how to keep going?
1: Yeah, so within my journey in itself um, of tra- transitioning into the just the vegan lifestyle,
0: yeah,
1: there was challenges because number one, just the cravings, I know. you know, yeah, the cravings are so real. And so Mm -hmm. what you have to figure out is what you have to figure out is what do I enjoy that's vegan that will curve my cravings? And you have to say, okay, well, in my community, and no, I'm not referring just to me being as a black person, but I want you to apply this (laughs) as well. I want you to say in my community, in the household I grew up in, what foods did I love the most?
0: New York Steak. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. You, you say, I love this. I love this one and et cetera, et cetera. And you say, well, how can I make that vegan? The seasonings that I use on the food, are those seasonings, are they vegan? You know, and so if you can get the seasoning right and apply it to uh, plant-based proteins and veggies and potatoes, you're that much closer to craving, to curving those mm-hmm. cravings. And to me, I think that was the missing link um, that I wish I had sooner, because I just, you know, me being black, I love a lot of seafood. Mm-hmm. So Cajun seasoning was just really big for me, and uh, now I'm kind of making like vegan jambalayas, vegan dirty rice. Uh, what? Stuff How like amazing! That. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, man, I've come a long way. Like, I can, I can do this. I love-
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Also, it's amazing too because Christina is extra healthy vegan, right? Like she's like pure wholesome foods. For sure. I'm kind of like you, where I also need to have a little bit of the like I eat beyond meat and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: same, same as me. (laughs) But I think that's something that people can take and apply, especially if you're like, oh, I want to go vegan for two weeks. Um, Before you go vegan for two weeks, you know, just start mapping out what you like and how can you make those recipes that uh, just kind of hit those cravings that you may have. A lot of, a lot of people have cravings for salty foods. So you have to take in consideration, you know, if you go vegan, you may not, your, your sodium intake is not going to be the same. So you're going to have to figure out how do I make this apply or meet a level that just, you know, curves my appetite and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And then and then I think it's so important to not have to go quite extreme until you're ready. And then maybe when you go, ex- yeah. for me, I went very extreme or I, w- I I, eased into it. And then that led me to being pretty extreme. And some people stay consistent with it because that feels good for them. For me, it made me want to like g- get back into eggs for a bit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, hey, this doesn't resonate anymore either. So instead, I'm like, okay, I just need to find a balance with this vegan lifestyle for, sure. for me. And that is for me personally, a lot of people don't see it as restrictive. They find it as free, right? To be able to just eat these pure, wholesome food, whatever. For me, I'm like, I want to be able to add a little more. And that's just a personal thing like yourself as well. Yeah, And I think that's so important to do, like to honor what works for you. Because all that matters is the main message, right? Yep.
1: Yep. Uh, Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, finding your own personal balance. You know, is it eating more fruit? Is it more veggies? Is it more maybe like some processed vegan uh, foods? And also just figuring out um, what restaurants have vegan options as well, because sometimes you may not feel like cooking every day and you're going to need just a quick vegan option just to get you through to the next day. So these are things you got to take in consideration. Um, also, if you're new and trying to transition, if you work uh, out in the field, outdoor sales or whatever, be sure to have fruit with you fruit has a lot of carbs that can help uh, help you get to your next meal so oh, never nice. leave the house with the empty backpack stack it with some fruit or something.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> like... a 100% greatest lesson right there.
1: Yeah, that's a pro tip right there. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a that's a necessity pro tip right there. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like there's been a mental shift or just a spiritual and mental and emotional shift since you went vegan?
1: Um, I think...
0: Or have you always been like this love and light?
1: <laughs> well, so... <laughs> I'm not perfect. Um, no, it is. You know, I'll no, say that. that. I'll, I'll say that like my philosophies have kind of always been the same um, mm-hmm. because I grew. I've grown up in the church. I started off in a private school uh, till fourth grade, and uh, my mom would usher on Sundays, and she would do two services, so I would get church twice on Sunday. So <laughs> it was a lot of church growing up uh, for me. But I will say this. Um, my, my mindset on just the intake from my physical body has changed because now I'm understanding that, you know, what America says I need, it's not necessarily what I need. I can alter, I can figure this out. If I just, you know, supplement this with more pea protein or whatever proteins that's plant-based and get the right amount of, uh, get the right volume for that, I'm like, okay, I'm just as good. And um, less drawbacks, you know, you don't feel like the bloating, you don't feel that you need to go to sleep after you eat. Um, So it was more so, yeah, it was more so just like the physical shift. Because for me, I'm looking at a performance standpoint, because I'm always trying to lift weights, run track, play basketball. So that's what changed for me. Is like, you know, I don't need to eat like heavy piece of chicken to go perform at a high level like I have other options to make this even to make this possible with minimum drawbacks if any drawbacks
0: that's amazing yeah so good to hear and it's somewhat recent for you as well so the fact that you've been so you've just been thriving with it and that's such a nice thing to witness and see because a lot of people have a stigma with it like you can't be such a great performative athlete or strong or physically built in a certain way if you don't. So I think that you've been a great example of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've uh I've managed to keep my weight. Um, That's awesome. Lately I've been closer to around 200, 205 before before I went vegan, I was like more so closer to 210, 215. It was like a lot of water weight, a lot of inflammation. Um yeah. recovery uh, the recovery times took longer stuff like that. And now I'm down to like two between 205 200 is like a good range of where I'm at now but I've been maintaining it uh you know so for everyone listening I've been vegan I'm kind of close to like a maybe like a year and a half and amazing. consist consistently being vegan because it's been like three yeah. months here four months here but consistently yeah. I'm like eight months eight months in now um oh, so amazing yeah so now with this like second or third time around I kind of like I know i know what i like and yeah. you know i just add new meals once i learn them stuff like that add new meals as i go and it's not that hard i mean you just need to know what your taste buds and your body prefers um getting to juicing i love juicing that that carries me yeah juicing is like
0: <laughs> you're christina's boyfriend juicing is my <laughs> my thing <laughs>
1: <It's> so good <laughs> it is it is i 100 yeah.
0: percent agree and you yeah. know what I just realized we just have to brush up on, and we can talk about it for however long you want, but this is so important because your dad passed away six years ago. Yeah. And I'm sure this time, every single every single year is not easy with everything going on as well. How are you feeling?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, I want to say this, like, you know, sometimes we we do the milestones of like mm-hmm. one year, five year, 10 year. But uh, and I don't really kind of like talk too much about the passing of my dad on my Instagram. But, you know, this year I felt like it was necessary just because June in itself is just like a real heavy month uh, for a lot of us. But for me specifically, like it's a heavy month Mm -hmm. because, you know, my dad passed away June 9th. Uh, My grandmother, who's like my grandmother, who's like super close to me, her birthday is June 20th and she's no longer with us. Uh, and then my birthday is June 19th, um, I, in my Instagram post, my caption, I even put, you know, on my birthday, I was signing my dad's, uh, death certificate and it's like just the type of trauma that that puts in you, um, because it's like, so just, just to say this, like my dad passed away at 50 years old, so it was an unexpected death, um, It's not something that you saw coming. You didn't see someone just kind of like wither away as if someone would have like cancer or some illness where you just, every day you see them, it's like they're just fading away. So what happened in my dad's situation is the last year of his life, and what what is completely crazy, I lost my, my grandmother, my great aunt, and my dad. Like they all passed away like three months from each other. So it was like my grandmother passed three months later. Uh, my great aunt passed three months later. My dad passed. It was like back to back to back. So I was like, man, what is going on? Like, <laughs> um, so I was I was dealing, I was dealing with that. But the the to get back to the point, the last year that my dad was with me, and just being himself, he started having seizures in his sleep, and he just kind of like had this fear of going to sleep because every so often he'd have a seizure in his sleep. And um, then no one really knew what was the cause of it. I feel like there's either two things. Either my dad was holding on to something that he didn't want to share with the family to make the family worry, or it could have been stress and anxiety of working. And I'll tie all this together to make a point for the listeners too. Um, So, you know, I think after the third seizure, the ambulance came to the house. and uh, and, and mind you, like, I'm not staying with my dad. My dad's remarried. Um, I have two younger brothers, Jacob and Joseph. They're like 11 and 7 or 12 and 7, something like that. But yeah, the about the third seizure, the ambulance came to the house, took him to the hospital, checked him out, and then they released him. But I think on the fifth time, the fifth time is when he didn't make it through the night. And uh, I was unaware of this until like noon the next day uh i just knew you know like you know when you just it's one of those days you're like oh today's a bad day i woke up i had so many missed calls i had call. i had unknown numbers calling me like all types of stuff so there was this number from louisiana that called i didn't know the number um can't recall who it was but there's like have you heard from monica and that's my stepmom and they're and they're like uh there's like she hasn't told you and then she's like, Oh, uh, oh well, you know gosh. what? Let me call you back. And I was like, What? Yeah. So that was the oh. first hint that I got that my dad passed away. And I was like, I was like, I was like Did oh. you
0: have a bad feeling? I
1: already knew. Oh. I already knew. It was like it's something yeah. bad. But it's like as bad as I think it is, yeah, I know he didn't pass away. You know what I mean? Okay. And it's like, I'm trying to prepare for this, but I'm gonna tell myself anyway, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Despite having like 20 missed calls from like unknown numbers, and I can't get in touch with my stepmom because the police have her phone, I'm like, I'm not going to accept the truth. So, my Aunt Kathy calls me, and she's I this one reason why I just love my Aunt Kathy so much um, because she had the courage to tell me the worst news of my life, knowing that not even knowing how I was going to respond to it. And when she told me that my dad passed away, Like, I literally fell back into the wall because it's just like, it really feels like a bullet or something sharp goes straight through your heart, and it's just like, you don't even know what to say. (laughs) You know, you try to, you just go through and you try to reflect on everything, and then you're trying to reflect on all the moments, but then at the same time, you're like, wait, someone's on the phone waiting for me to respond. So you're like trying to find the strength just to even muster up a sentence that makes sense at that point. But it's it's heavy, right? Like it's um so you know, I I just wanna say like I love my Aunt Kathy for just being bold enough to tell me the worst news of my life and um just like saving space for me. You know, it wasn't much said, it was just like it was just a heavy day for me, but um and and this happened right before my 25th birthday, you know, so like I didn't want to celebrate my birthday. <laughs> my grandmother had passed away like a few months prior and her birthday was June 20th. Like June was just heavy. And so now with me acknowledging June this year and my dad's death, it's just to have a moment of release because, you know, there's a lot of charged energy out here surrounding the george floyd situation the brianna taylor situation um and now you know i'm i'm reflecting back on my own loss of a loved one and i just needed to express and get that off my chest and shout out to my community on instagram who just like sent me a lot of love i know like you guys may seem like just little profile pictures but i know it's real people behind the behind the text and everything so that really meant a lot but to to wrap this up, I just want to say that, you know, I experienced the shock of death and it tried to take me down. And somehow I still managed to find strength to get up and be a person of love. And I say this because no matter what life br- brings to you, just always keep in mind that if it didn't kill you, it can make you stronger. That you can continue to fight the good fight of justice and peace and love, to look out for your neighbors, to do what's right for humanity as a whole. Because as we all should want this, we want to live society in a better place for our following generation to live in a a place of harmony and love. So, you know, don't let life get you down. Always have one eye on the sky so you can, they always say if you can look up, you can get up. (laughs) and that was like my mindset for the last 6 years just to keep pushing forward, keep being around my brothers cuz I know they were that's a part of my dad that's still here, you know, mm. so it's it's a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like
0: I'm letting everybody take all of that in.
1: <sighs> yeah.
0: Has anyone ever told you you're a moving and powerful speaker?
1: <laughs> my, my mom prays all the time. She's like, you know, I pray that, she's like, I pray that you become a voice for your generation. Oh.
0: And,
1: you know, <gasps> if that's, <laughs> that's what she always tells me. And I'm just like, you know, I just want, I just want what's best for all of us. You're and,
0: natural. I'm just telling you that right now. You're natural. And I think that this. Was really eye opening for a lot of us, and I'm so thankful that you shared that very, very deeply personal story as well, right there. Because your father, I know because of the man you are, I know he was like an amazing human, and I just want, yeah. And I, you know, I wonder if he's just like looking down happy that we're all really acknowledging what's going on.
1: Definitely, definitely, yeah.
0: Um. <sighs> Wow! Yeah, and I
1: know he's
0: looking down, so proud of <laughs> you as well. Yeah, he's like he's telling you
1: start a podcast. What's right, yeah. <laughs> taking you so long? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. <But> I, Raquel, <laughs> I just want to say thank you for giving me this space and uh, this opportunity to connect with you and share my personal story, share my beliefs, and how we can move forward as just one race under the sun, and just oh. you know. I just really appreciate that. You know, you allow me to vocalize my truths and I hope my truths align with a lot of listeners out there. Oh,
0: absolutely. Kashra, you kidding me? Thank you. Thank you for being so open and just really <laughs> sharing everything from your heart. And this is going to be one of the most powerful episodes yet. I just already know because it's so important for yeah. our world. So, Cash, this moved mountains within a lot of us. And so, thank you, probably everybody that listened.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, that's that's my intentions. So we ah, uh, this is definitely needed. This was definitely needed for sure.
0: You can't go though without. Answering the last question that I ask all the Your Own Magic guests.
1: Let's do it. Ask away.
0: (laughs) How would you advise the Your Own Magic listeners to create their own
1: magic? Ooh, how to create your own magic. Well, I'll say this. You know, the first (laughs) question is asking yourself, what is the world that I believe in? What is the world that I can see myself existing in? Because... In our current climate, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of statements of saying, I'm ignorant on this subject. So the question I would say is, what is the world that I want to live in? What is the world that I want my children and future generations to live in? So you ask that question to yourself and you reverse engineer. You see what the world is today and you write out everything that you see wrong from your own personal viewpoint and you say what can i do to create change in these situations scenarios environments and i think that's where the magic starts to me the revolution starts within our hearts and then we amplify that into the world so i hope that makes sense i hope that (laughs) is well communicated And you can write out these ideas and philosophies and beliefs, and you just go out there and be loud with your truths. You don't silence yourself. If you're fighting for what's right, never turn off the volume. Just be loud about your truth.
0: That's the magic right there. Yes. (laughs) Golden. I swear you were just so, yeah, you were just a great message right there. A great messenger. Yeah. Where can everyone connect with you?
1: Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, So my, the platform that I'm on the most frequently and lately I've been messaging and responding to like all my followers. Even if you don't follow me, you can send a message like, (laughs) let's chat. (laughs) I
0: love
1: that. You know. I'm just creating warm welcome, saving space for us all to connect. Um, but yeah, how could Instagram... you not
0: follow him though after <laughs> listening to this? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Keep going.
1: Now. Yeah. So um, Instagram.com forward slash cash got wings. Simple as that. Um, I have a YouTube channel as well. I don't have much content on there, just one video. But when uh, the situations of my life change, I'm in a, like a transition period. Uh, I'll have so much stuff ready to share with you guys. It's going to be a wonderful ride. So, um, but yeah, if you want to connect and talk, go to the Instagram link, cash got wings and, uh, you can send me a message, say, Hey, I heard you on Raquel's podcast. So I know where you're coming from and then we can just pick up the conversation from there.
0: I love that. Please do. Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, Cash. (laughs) Thank you again so much. I'm so glad we got to have this one-on-one time. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it so good it's, it's, like i said it's so necessary like, i think this conversation provided a lot of healing too As, you know seriously
0: within myself and now also within so many others
1: that are going to listen to this
0: yeah totally totally youngies that is a wrap that is a wrap for this episode i hope that something spoke deeply to you expanded you in some way please let me know if so. You can catch me on Instagram at Raquel Mantra. I spell Raquel a different way than most, so you can see the spelling in the show notes or hang out with the Yomis, the like-minded, very conscious and expansive and helpful souls on the Euromagic Facebook group, especially a place to turn to when it comes to, well, whatever you're going through. And there are several tools on the Euromagic.life membership site. The pyrite is monthly, and the gold membership is just a one-time payment. But don't forget that there's an upcoming at-home retreat experience called Home. You can visit that at yourownmagic.life forward slash home. And that will be with Brie Melanson and I, my fellow alien channeling Palladian boss babe. All right. Well, thank you so much. So, so much. And have a magical rest of your day.